the Loftus Party, everybody. Welcome aboard. Brand new podcast. This is a biggin'. This is a biggin'. She's backing up to the tugboat. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm very excited. We have, uh, guess who's on the show today, Gimlet? Uh, I already know, so do I still have to guess? Or can you I have to guy? pretend. It's called acting. It's called acting. Oh, oh I'm acting. Hold on. I'm Take acting. two. Right? I'm Take acting. two. Guess who's on um, the show today? Reno Collier. No, that would be great. That would be wonderful. <laughs> Reno's a good time. Reno's a very good time. Yes, we've had him on the show. We've got Dana Perino. You've That's seen. Very nice. At very. She is very nice. She's very nice. Uh, I met her when I was co-hosting The Five one day. She was. Uh, she's a kind and gentle soul, but we're going to be talking politics. We're going to be talking all kinds of stuff with Dana Perino, so make sure you stick around for that. There's all kinds of other stuff. It's Oscar Sunday. I was on Fox and Friends this morning doing a little uh, little skit about Oscars and political theater. It was very funny. It was very funny. I'll put the link up at theloftestparty.com. It'll be at the Loftus Party Facebook as well. We're going to talk about uh, some some Oscar stuff, some Hollywood stuff. That'll be towards the end of the show. We we got to spend some time on uh, politics now because that's what we're all about. We're making fun of the, the the looniness. We're calling out hypocrisy. It was a good week politically, right? It was a very good week politically. I think it was Trump's best week. It I cannot and and I I cannot imagine any worse optic. Than uh, Nancy Pelosi ripping up the speech. I can't take it. Oh my god! I, I got to rip I up was the in, speech. I was in a room full of people because we had a watch party for the State of the Union. Nice. When that happened, there was an audible intake of breath, and people were so angry. They thought that that was so petty and so awful, and I was not angry. I started laughing because yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, they've been saying they're the adults in the room. And look what she just did. Like their last argument is dead. It's well, you you know, you know it like when uh, when when remember a million years ago, not a million years ago, a few years ago. And it was the first time that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer were in the Oval Office and Chuck Schumer was like, hey, we don't have to do this in front of everybody. And Nancy Pelosi's like, we can just put, turn the cameras off. This isn't for. And you just knew that they were going to get super petty <laughs> as soon as those right? cameras were off. And then they always accuse Trump of that. They always accuse Trump of that. And I and, and this is like so elementary school, schoolyard fight, fight, fight thing. But Pelosi started it when she didn't give him the proper introduction. That was just saying... The gloves are off. She didn't do. It is my honor and privilege to introduce. She just. She just said the president of the United States. So then, well, he yeah, and then they're like, hand. and he didn't shake her hand. I'm like, I don't think that was even intentional. I think he was already starting to turn around. Yeah, and I'll give him that because he didn't. He didn't shake uh, Pence's hand either. No. Uh, but w- that was a. Uh, it was a great speech. I love it how he went full Oprah. He went full Oprah. That's the great thing about having you get a car. You get a car. You get a car. <laughs> when that when that woman was there and they recognized her and her husband was overseas on his whatever yep. deployment and he goes and that's not all. He's here tonight and the guy comes. That's just a dude who understands television. That was a great totally. moment. 
I loved the uh, I loved the Rush Tuskegee Limbaugh Airmen. thing. The Tuskegee Airmen was great. That was Tuskegee... awesome. Uh, I'm, I I felt bad for Rush. That's that that's not. Uh, I don't yeah, understand. I, I I hadn't seen him in a while, and I was a little surprised. It was uh, it was a bit it was a bit shocking. He's he's not well. We wish him a uh, a full and speedy recovery. But wow, that was uh, I'm glad I he saw, got the medal. Oh, me too. I saw so many people saying his you know his surprise was so feigned and everything else. And then you talk to people in the press room and understood the lockdown. And when the news actually went out, I don't think he did know. Oh, I don't think he knew either. I don't think he knew either. And that's part of, you know, the Trump uh, showmanship aspect. I don't, that, that girl didn't know her husband was going to come walking down the aisle. Uh, mm-hmm. Rush didn't know he was going to get that medal. And cause I tell you, that would have been, and that was a really good call because if you announce that one, you go, Hey, uh, Rush Limbaugh is going to be in the Oval Office to accept this medal. Then, then all hell breaks loose. Then all right. hell breaks loose. You just got to uh, sneak that one in. And seriously, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Rush had he changed the game. He changed the game of talk radio. So, mm-hmm. uh, we, seriously, a, a, a speedy recovery for him. So there's still uh, fallout from the uh, acquittal. And there was a little moment I want to talk about about with Lindsey Graham. He was on the CBS Sunday show this morning. Ooh, Lindsey Graham. Was, I missed it. Yeah, uh, she, she was. She was. I, I don't even know what her name is, but uh, whoever does the CBS Sunday show, very icy, very icy. And she was coming. Oh well, we'll just get into it right now. Uh, we're they're talking about uh, Vindman getting uh, not demoted, but he lost his national security. Council clearance, whatever. He's just back to being a regular old Lieutenant Colonel. Lieutenant Colonel Vidman. Sondland got let go, but you're an ambassador. You serve at the president the, the pleasure of the president. So they're talking about this stuff. Uh and Lindsey Graham is saying that uh he still had questions. He still had questions about the whistleblower and uh and Adam Schiff. And I'm like, there you go, there you go. Yep. And yep. and but he he caught himself. He goes, now, he's like, now, if you think this is over, it's not, I'm paraphrasing here, you guys. If you think it's over, it's not over. There are things uh, that, that we that we need to find out. I, I have, a, we have a question. We, and he changed it very subtly from I to we. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I wanted him to take up the mantle and say, I am going to, I will find out i will and he quickly like he you can see it he just swallowed it he goes i'm go- we will and i'm like oh dude Lindsay, don't be talking smack i want follow-up on all this i want follow-up well, I too, but on I think, all of it i think when he's saying we i maybe because i didn't see it so i'm just being transparent he's saying the republicans are united in wanting answers to these questions i hope so too because i, I, I so think too. to some degree they are I, I, they cannot, and you know, I was talking about this last week and probably the week before. I can be so boringly repetitive. Uh, I, I just don't want to let this go. I'm going to be like a, a dog with a bone on this one. I'm still mad about the Kavanaugh thing. I'm still mad that all these people got to lie about Kavanaugh and there's no repercussions. And Lindsay didn't follow up on that. No one's following up on that. 
Uh, and so it, with the whistleblower stuff and and Adam Schiff and and all that garbage, uh, we gotta follow up. We well, and if you listen to callers on some of the more popular talk radio shows, there are legitimately people, and I happen to be one of them at this point, especially after reading that IG report, seeing what they did to Carter Page. I mean, just this whole thing, right? The whole yes. Russia game. Somebody needs to be. People need to be indicted. And I'm actually disappointed that Colonel Vintman and his brother were not subject to an investigation regarding leaks because I'm 99.5% sure Colonel Vintman, Lieutenant Colonel Vintman, excuse me, I don't mean to disrespect yes. colonels. Thank you, um, thank you very much for that. You're welcome. Um, Lieutenant Vintman, Lieutenant Colonel Vintman, I'm 99.5% sure given his testimony that He's the one that told the whistleblower about the call. That's May a problem. Have. And his brother has sole responsibility for <laughs> reviewing manuscripts that pertain to the NSC. Oh, boy. I'm 99.5% sure that he leaked Bolton stuff to the New York Times, and he got walked out with his brother. So they're both gone. And aren't um, they twins? Yes. Right? Creepy. So yeah. So that's, that's what the girl was saying today on 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 CBS. But the brother, but the brother, and I'm like, hey, they they're they're twins. You could just have one guy here. You take my ID. You go check in here. I'll take your ID. I'll go, right. You don't. It's right. like has not had has no one seen the Parent Trap? <laughs> Are I mean, we it's unfamiliar? Not, it's not just that. I think they're both like massive leakers, and oh. I want to see people who have been doing that endlessly for the last three years gone and indicted for it not just not just andy mccabe all of them yeah it is uh you you gotta you gotta circle the the the, the wagons you gotta close ranks uh, I, I i hopefully uh there's more firings that are coming there's uh i think there's there's more than one there's plenty but someone is probably uh, the majority of it. I, I'm just, I'm so glad, well, Mitt Romney, what a douche. What an absolute douche uh, Mitt Romney is. That, that guy, I, I don't know what Utah's thinking. Like, what are the, the, what are the, when is he up again? Do we know when Mitt Romney's up for re-election? Romney's just elected in 2018, and he did ask President Trump for an endorsement, which he did receive. Yeah. Um, but I legitimately, the day it happened, the day it happened, I said, this is the only reason Mitt Romney ran for the Senate. Like, I... why else would he do it? He was governor of Massachusetts. He was a failed presidential candidate. He's in his 70s. Why did he run? He's, he's just a bored billionaire. And yeah, he wants to have one more opportunity to stick it to, to Trump. That's... Well, I mean, he's got like eight kids and like 56 grandkids. Really, you can't entertain yourself, Matt? You can't? <laughs> he he can't. Lord. I did a I did a a video about Mitt Romney and and yeah, his big claim, he calls him he's a self-described extreme conservative, extreme conservative. And his only claim to fame literally is Romney care in Massachusetts. Which... Yes, I know. The template for Obamacare. Yes, buy you have to buy this or you get in trouble. If you don't buy this, then you uh you will be taxed uh, to up to your eyeballs. And he was so unpopular. He didn't even run 
for re-election. He's just whatever. The guy's the guy's a real piece of work. I, we gotta. I want to move the on. New, he's the new Jeff Flake, John oh. McCain, the one that's always gonna be wavery because they're just. I mean, literally, I think some of those gentlemen, like Susan Collins, has always been Susan Collins. She's always been squishy. Same with Lisa Murkowski. Yeah, We've always known this about them. I personally think these gentlemen were so motivated by dislike and, and to some degree even hatred that it really affects the way they vote. I I have to agree. I have to agree. Uh, Kristen uh, Kristen Cinema. We should check in with with her. I'd love to get her on the show. Uh, do you just like her high boots? I do. I like her boots. I like. Did you see the blue dress? The when was that the the uh, State of the, the Union, Union one? Yeah. She had these big sparkly earrings. Man, the first time the camera went on her on the big screen, I just started giggling. I'm like, I love her. Don't ever change. She's so quirky. I just love her. I think she's fantastic. She's. I think she's slowly coming into her own. She's slowly coming into her uh, own. If you're a listener, uh, you need to Google uh, Kristen Cinema and uh, and enjoy that. And that's that's fantastic. And and now you have the uh, the opposite of Kristen Cinema. I'm going to use this as a, a horrible segue. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, oh who just came out. I should have given this to uh, Kung Fu Rick to play the sound of it. Maybe he can put it in uh, afterwards. Her bootstraps comment. Did you see that? I saw that, but what cracked me up more was her talking about Milton Keynes. Okay, we'll get to Milton Keynes. We'll get to that in a moment. Just in case uh, we can't put in the audio of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's testifying. She's on some committee. She's got a microphone, and she is saying this, and it is so heartfelt, and she really means it, and it's hilarious. Ms. Hutchinson, I also want to thank you about bringing up the poverty draft and this idea of a bootstrap. You know, this idea and this metaphor of a bootstrap started off as a joke because it's a physical impossibility to lift yourself up by a bootstrap, by your shoelaces. It's physically impossible. The whole thing is a joke. And my reaction, and this is where I need help as a comedian, my reaction is I'm just I'm just apoplectic that she's she's taken this metaphor literally. She's taking right. it. Literally. And then someone else, someone smarter than me on Twitter, pointed out, like, you were supposedly born in poverty. You went to college. You were a bartender. And now you're in Congress. Right. You are the, you are the epitome, supposedly, of lifting your, picking yourself up by your bootstraps. It's just so, she's just so unaware on every level. And the fact that she thought it was a real thing, that was just the dumbest of the dumb and hilarious. Now, uh, what's what's with the Keen thing? I know there's something going on with with uh, she she quoted two economists. Well, no, she quoted one economist, Milton Keynes, not John Maynard Keynes, who's the father of Keynesian economics, which is a lot of government subsidy and government programs to give people work, etc. Um, and she she melded him with Milton Friedman, who is like his polar opposite. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was Milton Keynes. Yeah, I'm like, Boston University Economics Department must be so proud. Wow, that's fantastic. (laughs) I mean, that's like Econ 101, and she supposedly majored in it. (laughs) 
Well, maybe if she can pick herself up by her bootstraps just a little bit higher, she can reach that uh, economics book on the top shelf. You guys, we're going to take a little tiny break. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by the one and only, the uh, insanely talented and wonderful Dana Perino. As a small business owner, you deserve more. More confidence, more connectivity, more of the tools that help your business thrive. And at Cox Business, you can expect more from us. We don't just have sales reps. We have perfect plan identifiers. People who will work with you to make sure your business gets everything it needs and nothing that it doesn't. Your business deserves more. And that's why you can expect more from Cox Business. Call 800-526-8572 to switch today. I'm Little Teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pour me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. We're very happy. It's a big, big day here at the Loftus Party Podcast. Uh, on the other end of the interwebs is is Dana Perino. You know her from the Daily Briefing, but you probably know her from the Five when they have a guest host like like yours truly. Dana, are you there? I'm here. Believe it or not, I figured out how to get on Skype. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. So already today, I don't understand why is Skype better than a phone? Well, I th- there's a couple of reasons. This is what they claim. It used to be fantastic. Skype used to be wonderful, uh, and you could do, you can do video chats. And now I think Microsoft bought it, so they want to sell you like a subscription. So I think they kind of dial down the service. You can still do videos, and you can, and they they do have a built-in uh, recorder. Like you can record videos. And- yeah, I get that. Yeah, the recording is yeah. better. Yep. Yeah. All right, so let's let's get caught up with you. My first question, do you have a dog? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not only do I have a dog, I have America's dog. I think you do. I think but you do. do you know why he's called America's dog? No, please tell me. So I have a dog named Jasper. It's a Bishla. Really? Do you ever take photos? Do you ever take pictures? Listen, I'm assuming that you're going to get some new listeners for this podcast, and they might not know. Okay. You're very wise. So, very wise. Yes. So Jasper is a bishla. Um, he is super cute, lots of personality. The reason I call him America's dog is not because I'm super arrogant and think that he's the best dog in America. It's because years ago on Red Eye with Greg Gutfeld, he had asked me about this um, actress who was mad that the paparazzi were taking pictures of her little dog and she was going to sue them. And Greg said, Dana, you would never get mad about that and I said no I want to share my dog with everybody and even if they don't have a dog they can think of Jasper as theirs Jasper can be America's dog and that's how it started okay so all joking aside and I I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you're you're insanely busy you're in New Hampshire now yeah yeah it's a beautiful oh I love it here okay so you're also a good liar 
<laughs> like, isn't it cold? <laughs> it's cold, but it's a dry cold. And there's snow on the ground. We're at the beautiful Bedford Village Inn, which is not like the restaurant, the Village Inn, even though I love a Village Inn. Do you guys know Village Inn? The, the Village Inn, isn't that an L.A. thing? Well, I grew up in Colorado, and it was there in Colorado, too. It's like It was like a better than Denny's type of place. Not quite it, Perkins. Right, but it was right up there with, with Hojo, with Howard Johnson's. It was like the Village yeah. Inn. Exactly. was like a classier version of of Howard Johnson's. Okay, so so what's what's the vibe? Here's what I want to know. Okay, so Iowa was it was a complete disaster. That that was a, a a complete and total disaster. What is the vibe in New Hampshire? I'm sure you talked about this with uh, Chris Wallace this morning. I have it I have a DVR. I'm going to watch it later. But who's who's going to who's going to win? I want predictions. I think that you have to say that Bernie Sanders is the most likely to win. He beat um, Hillary Clinton by 20 points. Ow. In um, but he's not going to win by that much this time because the field is still very fractured. But I think you'd have to say he's likely to win, but that Mayor Pete Buttigieg will be within five to six points of his lead. And the, okay. the Buttigieg people have already said they'll consider that a win since Sanders had such a strong uh, base here the last time. Um, yeah. Joe Biden, I get I just I get the sense and the feeling that he's flailing, and yeah. that he's like a zombie candidate. He's yeah. dead, but he just doesn't know it yet. Yes. Yes. Elizabeth I see Warren. the ad he put out on Pete Buttigieg earlier today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was so sad. Davis like, yeah. Yeah, Look, I mean, I haven't. I let's, Joe Biden I haven't said that he it. would be the one that would never campaign negatively, but in order to survive, he has to do this. But then it just feels very discordant, and it doesn't look like a national front runner who is not worried about competition. And again, I think that Biden won't do well here. His fundraising is already falling off. I don't Ooh. know. I mean, I think that he wants to stay in through South Carolina. But I also wonder if he's just going to be able to make it there just financially. They're flailing. The other person that you're not hearing from is uh, Elizabeth Warren. And I think it's because she came in third. So if you're the first and the second, that's exciting. You get a little bump yeah. from that. If you're last, everyone talks about how you are terrible. But if you're third, it's like, oh, well... You know, the bronze. Nobody wants the bronze. Nobody. How, how bad do you think that little stunt she pulled with the hot mic at the debate actually hurt her? I think that it was, I think she was never going to really do better than third. But I do think just based on some anecdotal evidence of people talking about it, that they thought that she was lying and that Bernie Sanders was not. Now, I will tell you this. I've also heard that a lot of Democratic women are very, very mad. And they really getting the short end of the stick and that Amy Klobuchar, who actually had, of all of her debates, had her best debate performance on Friday night, the, the weekend going into the New Hampshire primary. So she's on the move at the right time. Um, talked to a AP reporter today who said that at three events yesterday, everybody was talking about Amy Klobuchar. 
But I think we all know that that's not going to light a match. No. I, I think of all of this in entertainment. How does this entertain me? I want, I want Elizabeth Warren to stick around a little while longer because I love uh, Kate McKinnon's impression of her on SNL. It's just too hilarious. It's just too funny. Although SNL last night had uh, Rachel Dratch as Amy Klobuchar, and I think there's some gold to be had there. I think there could be, because Amy Klobuchar kind of reminds me of that wah, wah, wah character that yeah. Rachel Dratch did on, on SNL. Here's, I'm going to call it right now. I'm going to call it right now. Are you ready for this? Uh, yeah. Biden goes bye-bye very soon. I think, yeah. I think New Hampshire is going to be a disaster for him. I think it's going to be Mike Bloomberg. In my bones, I feel it's going to be Mike Bloomberg. That's I, what a lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people are talking about it. How, how just ridiculous is the Democrat nominating older white billionaire as their nominee. Former Republican. Uh, former Republican. Well, I mean, Elizabeth Warren was too, to be fair. But, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, like when you look at all of the rhetoric in all of the debates and how billionaires are bad, if that actually happens, that's comedy gold in and of itself. Yeah, I, I, I asked a question this morning. Will... A lonely Democratic Party turn its eyes to Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> and I Someone should it. set that to music. They, they can definitely spend a ton of money. It, it's more than the ads, though. I got a little tip from someone Ooh. over there in his campaign. I'll share it with you. Bring it. I can hear the papers. Now, yeah, this I is papers. when I know you're serious. This is I know you're serious because I hear papers going. So you know that he's spending a bunch on ads. Okay, that's something. He already has 2,100 staff. They really? In, yes. There are 400 at the headquarters, 400 people at the headquarters, 1,700 in the states. Um, they're in all of the Super Tuesday states, which is a ton, ton. Um, they have 40 or more staff in 18 states. Wow. They've had 1 million voter conversations. And they're out there talking to all sorts of people who are watching the Democrats flail around like a fish out of water and thinking, well, gosh, maybe Michael Bloomberg is the one that's going to save us. The thing is, it's kind of like, I'm going to try this analogy out on you guys because I don't know if I could do it on Fox News. And, you, and pull, okay, and pull it off. you can totally do it. I have so much faith in you. It's stupid. I sort of feel like to Stacey's point, if the Democrats decide that they are going to go to the dance with Michael Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. So far, you're crushing it. They might just decide to go ahead and get married to the older man because he's got the money and it's safe and he says he'll take care of you and you're not worried about him cheating on you. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. It's like an older man with like a younger, hot babe that becomes his wife. Yes. I just find it hard to imagine that the Bernie bros are going to be like, yeah, Bloomberg, four more years. Woo, I can't no way. see that at all. Well, listen, they're, they're going to be mad anyway. They're going to be the best friend who just hates the new girl. I'm running with your metaphor. I think it's a great metaphor. <laughs> and I think it, it's too funny. I've said this before on, on this show, which I know you're a fan and you record all the episodes. Love, I love your podcast. I love it. <laughs> it's, this is the, I think, 
probably the end of the Democrat Party. You're, you're going to have a big split. I think Bernie, uh, when it doesn't work out for him, and it can't. It, you should. Do you watch Chris Matthews at all? Chris Matthews on MSNBC is losing his mind over the idea of Bernie. You know so, what I've been... You know what you should do for your podcast? What? You should, you should print the Vox.com, not Vox, but Vox with a V, dot com interview with James Carville, and you should read it aloud as a dramatic interpretation. <laughs> That's a good... Because James's wasn't dramatic enough. He, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? I weigh so, 78 pounds. I'm James Carville. He destroyed the Democratic Party. And a friend of mine that's a Democrat today said, I said, what are the Dems going to do? And he said, they will appear to hang together, but will absolutely hang apart. I, but, I mean, for anybody who's been watching, I wrote this um, for one of the places I write back in November brag. of 2018. I got to throw a flag on the play for the giant humble brags, Stacey. Well, no. All I said was, I think the freshmen are going to give the headmistress a headache. And I was talking about AOC showing up in Nancy Pelosi's office. Like For yeah, anybody yeah. that's been watching and knows that the, that the Justice Democrats are primarying like over 100 people nationwide, AOC is not giving any of her fundraising to the Democratic Party or re-election committees. Like, that fissure is so obvious if people just pay a little bit of attention. Well, my husband is British and also the smartest person I know, like the wisest person I know. And one That of the could be that, the accent. That could be the accent. It's so true. <laughs> Sometimes you can tell he's just... BSing, and you're like, it's just because of the accent, you sound like a colonialist, right? So smart. I'm like, I'm not buying it. <laughs> but he said that it's like the Democratic Party is learning all of the wrong uh, lessons from the Labor Party in the UK. Yeah. He, he said they are always telling people what they need rather than asking them, what do you want? And I don't see beyond like Bernie's 12% of Americans who really want socialism, there isn't a clamor for that. What people have said is that they want a return to normal. But a return to normal doesn't mean like a wholesale changing of like destroying the capitalist system. They just want him to stop tweeting. And and then I'm, I'm over here. I love the tweets. I really, really love no, the yeah, tweets. There, I mean, there's certainly a constituency for the tweets and <clears> they love it. And I know a lot of people do, but... You know what I mean? Like the Democrats are saying, just give me something normal. And Bernie yes. Sanders is not it. Amy Klobuchar might be it, but you also have to have some pep in your step. Yeah. You might start throwing binders at people. Well, I, I think that there's a fundamental disconnect with, uh, and this is maybe just me thinking uh, the worst of people. I'll, I'll try to use an English accent so it sounds believable. Um, I, I think that there's a large segment of the younger population that has no idea that it's their tax dollars that fund the government. They believe that the government just has all this money. Why don't they give me things? And you're like, hey, you stooge. That's your money. I really don't think they – they just think that Wait, the government Michael has a big – Wait, Michael you should have like a separate podcast that you just like make up somebody and be that character. <laughs> it's really good. I – Thank you. We've I interviewed will. his impressions before. 
I'm a I'm a silly, silly person. But I, I, I really think that that's what it is. So uh, here's the other big story. And I want to get your take on this before we let you get back to New Hampshire and hanging out with the cool kids like Chris Wallace. What's he doing now? Is Are you going to meet up with Chris at the Starbucks later? You know what? I um, I stayed behind to do this podcast. So I'm on my own for a few hours. Oh, so I ruined your day. No, it actually worked out. No, it actually worked out perfectly. Thank you you very much. You had a good, you had a good excuse to ditch Chris Wallace. Sorry, Chris. I know you love Burger King, Chris. Chris. I dished Vaughn. Oh, okay. Now, now, now we're starting a, a tiff. Okay. So here's my, my, uh, this is the other big insight and it makes me feel smart to say this. Uh, the, what the expectations of how many people they thought would participate in Iowa, they thought it was going to be bigger than 2008. They thought it was going to, I think it was like, I want to say 240,000 Democrats participated in that caucus. This one was down like in the 170s, 170. It was, there's, there's not the enthusiasm that they think there is. That makes me happy. There's not the Obama. No. Right. And also, you know, it seems like I, I wish for everybody to be able to live their life following their heart, right? That's like, you're like, oh, it'd be so nice if we could all just follow our hearts. But yes. we also have to be sensible. So we follow our head and we tell our heart, we're trying to do what you want to do, but we have to like pay the bills. So we have to be sensible. Now, what the, what the Democrats are just tying themselves up in knots in is that instead of just saying, I believe in this person, I am going to support this person. They're constantly asking themselves, can this person beat Donald Trump. And they're never getting to a satisfactory answer, except for if you're like all in on Bernie. Yes. Everyone else is like hedging a little bit. And and truthfully, if if Biden doesn't do well, does that mean that the lane for the moderate voter is in with Pete Buttigieg? And I got to tell you, his record's not that moderate. Like, if you want to abolish the Electoral College, again, that's not a return to normal. Yeah, it, it really court. isn't. But I think you're right. I think that the that Pete, I think Pete Buttigieg would pick up all the Biden people, and then he can always he can always tack right. You know, I don't to, think th- I don't think so. I don't. Well, I don't know. Actually, a lot of the Obama people, um, like Mayor Pete. Oh, by the way, today, um, when I was going up the stairs to get hair and makeup, the candidate Mayor Pete was coming down the stairs to do his interview with Chris Wallace, and I've no never way. met him. No, I've, ne- oh. so I've never met him. I would like to okay. meet him, but I never met him. And I'm pretty deferential. You know, I still like to call people Mr. Mrs., like, especially on first meeting or reference. Yes. And I see him, and I was kind of surprised. I didn't realize he was coming down the stairs. And instead of saying, hello, Mr. Buttigieg or Mayor Buttigieg, I said, oh, hey, Mayor Pete. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's an interesting generational thing, right? Like, Democrats need a disruptor. They don't like to just do safe things. It doesn't work for them. Hillary, Gore. Yeah, they're 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 all uh, robot. They're all robot. What was his reaction to when you delightfully called him "Hey, Mayor Pete"? He said, "Hi, how are you doing?" Like, That's great. <laughs> yeah, he knows what's up. He knows but how to he, play the political game. I mean, his polling, even after Iowa with minority voters, has not gone anywhere. No, they're not buying it. You know who I'm at all. See? I'm going to see um, Donna Brazil tomorrow. She'll tell yeah. me everything you need to know. She knows exactly what's going on. So I can't wait to see her. Okay, that's fine. Now, you need to uh, make sure that Greg Gutfeld gets another cold or some kind of, uh, not coronavirus, don't give him that, 
but but get him just a little under the weather so I can have an excuse to come back and co-host the five so you can give me the inside scoop on Donna Brazil. True. true. Oh, I love Donna Brazil. I'll tell you, I've been really good friends since 2005, since Hurricane Katrina. Um, <clears throat> Michael, you're a really good fill-in on the five. Oh, I'm right. And this is just uh, not to get too uh, sappy, but like that, I, I really I'm I've been in TV for a long time, but I'm I'm always like in sitcoms or half hours, whatever. I've never been like live, live, like for an hour live. And that first day, that first day, I, I literally thought we would film it at four and then go <laughs> at five. I'm, I'm not even kidding you. So like I'm in the green room and I'm like, well. They're, they're cutting it close because <laughs> no one else is down here. And then like, no, no, we go at five. And I'm just I, I tightened up my my little uh, my little butthole just said, whoa, this is scary. And but you were fantastic. Everyone there was so extremely generous. And I just remember you sitting there going, don't worry, I won't let anything happen. And I'm like, thank God for Dana Perino. Oh, I love having you. It was fun. Um, I, you know, I'm so proud of the five. We've been doing it nine years. No, no, yeah, we're, you in have ninth, not. we're in our ninth year now. And um, I think that our show just continues to get better. It evolves, of course, there's some different personalities that come along. But I think because of all this breaking news in the last six months, new viewers have tuned in. And I think they're like, oh, this show's kind of fun. We should it, watch this show. It is. And like someone told me, because I was nervous, like, oh, don't worry. It's, a, it's just like a conversation, like around. A and I think that is, and once again, this is no BS. Uh, there's enough conflict there and it's a free exchange of ideas and that's cool. And no one is edited and no one is told, you know, don't say this, don't say that, which is fantastic. But it reminds me, I'm not even kidding, of, of like, a, it's like a really good uh, talk show that you would see at night. You know, it's like, hey, these people are just hanging out, commenting. There's something that's 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 wonderful about the relaxed nature of it. Uh, and it just and it just looks so effortless. And that's kind of like that, your podcast. Although, I mean, Stacy really does carry you through this whole thing. All right. That's all the time we have. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's actually a great way to stick the dismount. Uh, Dana Perino, thank you so much. You're incredibly generous with your time. I do appreciate it. Uh, if, I, if there's anything I can do for you, if I could like, if you ever need like a dog walker, something like that. Um, yeah. You want to walk? You want to walk Jasper? You know, you'll meet a lot of ladies if you do that. I'm uh, okie doke. I mean, they'll, but they won't want to talk to me. They'll just go, "Oh, isn't that Jasper? Isn't that America's dog?" And then I'll just be standing there like a like a loser. <laughs> no, I think that people are like, "Oh my gosh, do you know Dave? Oh wow! So oh wow!" Recognize Jasper first, and then they'll look up and go, "Oh my gosh, it is you!" That's hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious. You now you're still. Get some time and bring it. Like, take him to Central Park. You won't believe all the le young ladies you'll meet. Let's do it. I'll I'll do little interviews for the daily ladies. briefing. Now, when does now, when do new episodes of your podcast come out? Every Wednesday, but we are going to record a special one tonight. Oh, uh -huh. um, and where we're going to be asking, what do millennials want to understand about the election? That's awesome. That's yeah. great. I want. I I need to meet meet uh, that Chris Steyerwalt fella. He seems yeah, like a he's, good. Yeah, he, he's great. He's great. He's from West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Baby. There you go. That's where I got. He's I got, got a whole bunch of hillbilly there. bullshit to throw your way. He should do yeah. your podcast sometime. 
Absolutely, hook a brother up. Uh, where's because uh, I have I have family in West Virginia. I have family all over uh, Elkins and Huntington, and uh, I got I got West Virginia in my blood. So everyone needs to uh, watch the five because they already are. This is just stupid, but it makes me feel professional. They need to watch the daily briefing, and they need to listen to your podcast uh, with with Chris Skywalker. Sorry, I have to tell them one second because <laughs> I need my room clean. Oh my, this is perfect. Go get your room clean. Yeah, Let housekeeping in. All right, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! We're back! We're back! Uh, this is, it feels so professional. We've got, we got little breaks. We've got all kinds of awesomeness. How great was Dana Perino? How much fun was that? We're like, we're like a real show there, Gimlet. I know, and you were so right. She is so nice. Just like you would think she is seeing her on television. Yes. If it's if it's a trick, it's a really good trick. It's a really good trick. She really <laughs> is that sweet. Anyway. And she yeah. likes me better than you. Or I carry you. Is that what she said? Yes. Ever. You carry. Yes. Yes. She definitely yeah. made the move there to get into your good graces. However. <laughs> However. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call her on that. She offered up Chris Tyrewalt like he was a piece of meat. I'm going <laughs> to I'm but, so like, she deep. has some influence. Can we just say that? Yeah. Well, listen, I, I'm going to call up Styrewalt. I'm going to start uh, I'm going to start busting Pete Hegseth's uh, chops uh, for not being on the show. Here's the oh, I, I got to tell this story really quick. And then I know you, you've got something that you want to get into. So I did Fox and Friends uh, Sunday uh, mm-hmm. this morning. And so they always. I think I, I have to buy some new clothes. I have to because they're saying something now every time I go in. Unless they're jealous. Unless they're jealous that they wear it's have to wear casual suits. Vibe. And I yeah, I have my ca- casual I'm a I'm a writer, I'm a comedian. That this is me. So I walk onto the set and Hegseth is like, "Oh, Loftus is here and he's dressed up as usual." And I'm like, "Dude, I'm I'm sorry." I, I so we're laughing about that. Then Jason Chaffetz comes over. Nice to meet you. Good to meet you. Nice guy. And I'm like, man, Hegseth is always like giving me a hard time about how I look. And 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 Chaffetz is like, yeah, he shouldn't do that. That's no good. So then we go live, like five, four, three, two, one. Cameras on. And Chase, Jason Chaffetz, like the first thing he does is like Mike Loftus is here, dressed casually. Like that's the first thing he does is throw me under the bus. That just occurred to me. That just occurred to me. 
So now, so now he owes us. He has to be on the show. It's gonna be. A... You've just you've got a list now. I do. It's I got, got it's got shades of an enemies list to it almost. But I do. I here do. are the people who have mocked me. I'm gonna bring them here and mock them to death. Yeah. There's, there's friends of TLP, and then there's enemies of TLP. Okay, so so coming we, that commercial was going, and you're like, I got something that 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 we we should open with. What only, do you got? Only only because I'm cracking up. Do you remember a, a candidate that was in the primaries for a while, and and his name was Cory Booker? Yeah, I remember that fellow, Spartacus guy. Spartacus guy. Well, as you know, I, I've taken to a new gym routine, so somebody thought it would be a great joke to start sending me a magazine called Women's Health. And on the okay. cover is Rosario Dawson. Really? Remember how I said she was his beard? Yes. Well, I might have to take that back. Why? Why? Is there what what is going on? Now I'm keenly interested. Because he's no longer in the primary, right? Right. So there's no longer this reason to pretend that he's something he's not. Mostly okay. heterosexual. Okay. From the article. With her first television series lead role in the USA crime mystery Briar Patch, a growing relationship with Isabella, whom she adopted when the now teen was eleven and a steady romance with New Jersey Senator and, at press time, 2020 presidential candidate hopeful Cory Booker, or Cab, as she calls him. Huh. 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 Yeah. But they're, they're saying that, but they're saying that now about the past, like that she used oh. to date him? Or are you getting, like, women's health magazines from, like, 2008? No, no, it's the, brand, it's the brand new one. It's the brand new issue, March 2020. So, I mean, I'm assuming if at press time something had changed, she would have called them and said, yeah, take that out. Well, I'm, I would have to go on Google and I would have to do a search. I wonder if there's any images of them together back then. I think it's pretty easy to say, like, oh, yeah, on my first show when I was doing, you know, blah, 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 back in 2008. Oh, yeah, Corey and I were a thing. I, I, I would need photographic evidence. I just, I don't know. And here's the other thing. I don't think Cory Booker's out of it. I really don't. I think this, that all, all, we were talking about this with, with Perino. And uh, the, the one thing I didn't hit on enough, there was just wasn't enough time. And I didn't want to, you know, take her whole afternoon. But like all bets are off. All bets are off. Like we're, we're sitting here casually talking about, oh, I think it might be Bloomberg. Don't they have to change the rules? To let Bloomberg in at this well, point? Well, they're already changing the rules to let him on the debate stage. And no, they don't really have to change the rules because the only the only primaries he's out of are New Hampshire, Iowa, Nevada, and South Carolina. I mean, if he comes in and does really well Super Tuesday, the whole thing is up in the air. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was Nate Silver from – is it Nate Silver at 538? Um. 538, the kind of polling aggregator, has Bernie Sanders' chances of winning the nomination up to 46% after Iowa. Um, but what I'm really looking for is a contested convention. And I didn't want to say that with Dana on the phone because it doesn't sound very nice. But I yeah. want them to duke it out after round one in Milwaukee so bad. Um, it would be great. Get the super delegates involved and just screw everybody and have the party blow up. I think that would be great. 
I and I want it all captured live on television. I want to see blow by blow. I want I want people freaking out. I want tears. I want the whole I want the whole deal. When is their convention? When is do we do we know? Um, I'd have to look up the date, but it's sometime this summer. They're they're about the same time. So the RNC was in July in 2016. It's it's that June July time frame, and yeah. all the primaries are concluded. Um, so it's it's after the last primary, and and then they just they book it sometime in that time frame, but definitely like before August. Okay. Well, the, well. So we have some time to get that. I want to get. I want to make sure that we have as much footage and coverage of that as we possibly can, because that'll be a good time. All right. Uh, coronavirus update. This this thing is uh, is not good. This thing no. is really not good. And no. I am really really happy. We might have touched on this last week. I apologize if I'm repeating myself. Uh, I'm really happy that Trump's in charge. Uh, that, that, that there was a, like a shutdown, lockdown. No more. Let's let's help people out with their quarantines and all this stuff. But I just, I saw a picture today that was really uh, disturbing of like thermal imaging from that Hunan province, which they're 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 burning an awful lot of something. They're burning. I'm telling at- you, it it came out of that lab. It did not come from that awful animal they're now talking about. It did not come from bat soup. And the last thing I heard from a serious commentator on the whole thing is they're talking pandemic levels of disease and a potential for 53 million deaths. Wow. I, uh, oof, I hope, I hope it doesn't get there. I don't want, uh, I, I, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that, but it's very disturbing. Have you seen the videos? a worse place for this to start with a government who is going to lie to you every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm telling you in the, in the novel world war Z, this is exactly how it starts. This is exactly how people, t- I mean, I'm not, and listen, I'm, I'm saying this just to make comparisons. I'm certainly not saying watch out for a zombie apocalypse. I'm not, I'm not that far gone, but like Yet. in China where they have, they have a vested interest in keeping disasters quiet because you oh the state is all powerful and the state will take care of everything and if you have a big disaster it's like an insult to the state so they have to kind of make it look less than oh we have it under control i've seen these uh these videos of people being pulled out of their apartments and put it put on the back of uh like uh, little pickup trucks put in boxes and it's uh really really disturbing so hopefully well, they'll that get doctor that was trying to whistleblow the whole thing died last week yeah, that was super sad. I mean, sad. he was a young man. That's the opening of the movie. I, 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 I I'm really uh, not trying to make light of the situation at all. But like, if it, if it were a movie, you'd have a, a lab, right? You're inside the lab, mm-hmm. and you see a young doctor, and he's very concerned, and he's sweating, and he's nervous. He opens up the lab door, and you're like, "Whoa, where is he? He's in the middle of nowhere. He's in the middle of the jungle." And then he goes, and he grabs his laptop, and he hops in a chat room. Uh, and he's going to some little chat room full of kids that he met in medical school, and he's like, something just happened. It's bad. It's getting out. Be careful. Watch out. And then he gets arrested, and that's pretty much kind of what happened. And then that actor uh, dies, uh, and then the whole uh, coronavirus, the movie is right there. The movie is right there. However— Well, I I um, mean, I just—now they're quarantining cruise ships. I mean, it— Oh my gosh! 
They've said 600 and some odd people have died. I would say put at least two zeros on the end of that. I'm right there with you, sister. I'm right there with you. They're just, they're lying, lying, lying. There is a young couple. They just got married and they've been on Fox News a couple times and they're on one of these ships. I think they're from New Jersey. They, Mm -hmm. They just got married. They're in quarantine and you can watch their little marriage just fall apart. <laughs> it's just, she's Fine. getting, she's being super bossy. She's, she's asking, President Trump, you have to help us. They, she's complaining. They used to have six meals a day, six meals a day. Now, you're lucky if you get three. We just want a grilled cheese. They used to have lobster tails. <laughs> you're just like, sweetheart, you're lucky to be alive. But can you imagine? That's like the worst test. That's like the worst test. You're like, you get married, and you're like, I think this is the one. I think this is the one. You get married, and you're like, okay, it's going pretty good. And then you're on your honeymoon, and like, you have to spend the next two weeks in this cabin together, and you probably don't even have a window. I don't know if anybody can survive that. And then your wife is like, no, we're going to go on Fox News, and I'm going to ask the president for help, and the president's going to help us. And you're like, baby... The president's not going to help us. He's got bigger. Why don't you believe in me? Why don't you have faith? Uh, <laughs> it's a disaster. I would, I, I would be a mess because I'd be seasick. Like, you couldn't lock me in one of those cabins. Yeah, but you're not going anywhere. You're right there. You're right You're right offshore. I, I know, but I'd be like, you can't lock me in here. I mean, it, it, it's going to look like a crime scene by the time we're done. I'm going to get sick so many times. <laughs> no, oh. no, no, no. All right, we have uh, we have the Oscars tonight, and I'm just making a I'm making a hard left uh, into into enter- entertainment here. I just saw uh, re- on Twitter Adam Sandler won the Independent Spirit Award for Best Good. Actor. Yes, and his uh, his his acceptance speech was hilarious and heartwarming and good and full of foul language. So uh, that was awesome. Uh, we we got to make some predictions. We're gonna play the game. We're gonna play the game, oh dear. Uh, right? We'll, we'll, I may we'll not just... be qualified. I know I'm not. I know I'm not. But we're. Gonna, I saw we're a great guess. movie this week that'll never win an Oscar. So. Well, let's see. Let, I'm gonna. I'll list the. I'll list what's up for best picture, and you tell me if that's one of the ones you saw. Here's the, here's what's up for best picture: Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women. Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Holy smoke, that's a lot. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's ten movies. Don't they normally limit it to five? I, I, I'm, I'm looking at this this list, and this is uh, this is from I'm, I'm going off of Entertainment Weekly. I mean, are we like doing runner ups now? I, I America? yeah, right. Um, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Oh, golly. That's, uh, ugh. that's Fox News calling. Send that to voicemail. Send that to voice. That's how much I love this show. Okay. So those, that, that's what's up for best picture. Uh, but I'm going to say, I'm going to call it right now. Uh, 1917. I'm picking that to be the winner. I'm picking that to be the winner. From what I've heard, I can see that because the way it was shot was so different. Yes, uh, they made it all look like 
in uh, one giant take and all that good stuff. Uh, and that, that guy's a great director. He's, he's yeah. a wonderful director. He's so well, great. And I heard the story was like on par with um, the Tom Hanks one, Saving Private Ryan. It's so it like had the, that. Like, yeah. It's like it's got that ticking clock to it. It's this guy who's told, listen, this this other unit in World War One, they're heading into a trap. All these people will be killed. Oh, by the way, your brother is one of them. You have to get this message from here to there in X amount of time. It's great. You got a, you got a built-in ticking clock. It's the guy's brother. So uh, I haven't seen it. I, I'm, I'm looking. The, of all the movies listed, I've seen The Joker. That's it. But you know they're not going to. I've seen none. So. Okay. So let's, let's do uh, what movie did you see that you thought was good that, that should have been nominated? Oh, it shouldn't have been nominated this year. It probably would have been nominated next year, but I saw the Clarence Thomas documentary in his own words. It was phenomenal. Guess what? I met the guy who made that movie. Uh down at, at I have his I have his I have his business card. We should hit him up. Mr. Peck. Yeah. 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 No. Um The conversation you know, was going really, really well until I asked him what the budget was, and then he clammed up. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have no idea, but I, I will say this. First of all, it was great storytelling. It was literally told mostly in Justice Thomas's own words. Um, I went to a beautiful theater because it's not playing close to me, so I had to drive 40 miles down um, and had a wonderful time in one of those nice heated seat reclining chairs that they have in some of the high-end theaters now. Yeah. Um, and when I left, I had two gentlemen sitting next to me who happened to be African-American, and one of them was quite upset because he's from Savannah, like Justice Thomas. He's been to Pinpoint, Georgia, where Justice Thomas was born and spoke what is commonly referred to as Gullah. Um, he has family that lives where Justice Thomas grew up on the same street, still in wow. Savannah. And he is now a very successful music artist, Grammy Award winning, as a matter of fact. And he said, watching that movie now, you know, in his, you know, 40s probably, because he remembers the, the initial hearings just not very well, because he wasn't, you know, really plugged in, basically said he felt robbed. He felt robbed of a potential hero and a potential role model because Justice Thomas's life story has been kept so under wraps and he has been so attacked by the media and so painted in such an awful light that that story would have meant something to him as a young man. Can you imagine? Can you seriously? Can you just imagine? Like you grow up your whole life, and you know you're you. It is. It's this is why they say it's woke. You know, this is why people get get woke. And like I would be, you know, you have you have a set of beliefs. And you're like, oh, these people hate me. These people hate me. And the 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 other this other group, they they like me and they have my best interest at heart. And then you find out. That like, ooh, they didn't have my best interest at heart. And they were keeping things from me. And I was being misled. I'd be furious. I'd be well, furious. Joe Biden was every bit as incomprehensible when he was <laughs> questioning Clarence Thomas as head of the Judiciary Committee as he was at his last rally in Iowa. Yeah, Joe Biden has, uh, I mean, there's always a price to pay. But Joe Biden has had his career that he's still there is just insane he he won the lottery he won the lottery uh when obama picked him okay uh i want to at least get through best actor and best actress uh and maybe director 
Okay, so uh, best actor, we got uh, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. Never even heard of it. Leonardo DiCaprio, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Adam Driver for A Marriage Story. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. I Wow, ooh. like only four there. Yeah, there's one, two, three, four. Yeah, there's five. I'm going to go with DiCaprio getting it. You know what? It probably it might be DiCaprio's year because once again, yeah, I don't think he's the focused one in the group too. So Joaquin Phoenix deserves it, uh, and it's and it's horrible that that Sandler uh, that Sandman wasn't up for grabs. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Leo DiCaprio on my scorecard. Best actress, uh, Cynthia Erivo for Harriet. What What are we even talking about? Oh. I, I don't even I don't even know that movie exists. Uh, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Uh, I don't even know how to say this woman's name. Saroyce uh, Ronan for Little Women. Good Lord in heaven. Charlize Theron for Bombshell. Renee Zellweger for Judy. Renee Zellweger's going to win for Judy. That's got everything they want. She lost a bunch of weight. She sings. She dances. There's drugs. There's tragedy. She'll win for that one. Okay. Yeah, right. I it's was going to go with Charlize Theron just because, but no, that's fine. You, you you never know. They might love all the uh, all that negativity that bombshell throws. Okay, I just heard for people that saw the movie, like you forgot that it wasn't Megan Kelly. So. She's it, it was transformative. I will say that just in the clips yeah. that I saw, it looked uh, crazy. Okay, so now we're going to go. Uh, we did Best Picture, we did Best Actor, Best Actress. We're going to close it out here. Let's go with uh, Director. Okay, Director uh, Boon Joo Ho for Parasite, which that, that movie's getting a lot of love because it's also social social commentary. Uh, Sam Mendes for 1917. Todd Phillips for The Joker. Martin Scorsese, The Irishman. Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think the vote gets split between Scorsese and Tarantino. I was and, gonna say Mendez, but And I'm telling you, it 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 might go to Mendez. It might go to Mendez. He might pick it up. But Scorsese and Tarantino are in the same category. Uh if you have feelings about one, you have feelings about the other. So Sam Mendez might pick up on that, but you never know. Uh I would put a side bet on uh on Boon Joon Ho for Parasite. You never know. Sometimes that happens. You get, you know, the Sam Mendes, Scorsese, Tarantino. So I'm not going to be locked into my, uh, I'm not going to watch tonight. And not because I'm, I'm uh, boycotting. I got other things I got to do. I got I'm other things I got to do. I'm just not watching because Rick's face isn't posting. Ha! There you go. I have to uh, get to bed early. I think I'm going to be doing quite a few appearances on the old Fox News Network. Because guess what happens on the 10th? Guess what happens on February 10th? The Freedom to Laugh comedy special premieres on Fox Nation. Nice! I I know. So I'm going to be doing a lot of press for that. So the Freedom to Laugh, if you have Fox Nation, February 10th, that's the day. That's when it starts streaming. It goes live uh, there. And then we have a bunch of live dates that we have. You can get all the info for that at theloftestparty.com. A big shout-out to Dana Perino. Thank you so much. It was a fun show. I like it when we have guests.